Hello, and welcome to 30 Days of Grim. If you tuned in for episode 19, The Golden Goose, you'll see a similar theme in today's fairy tale. Watch out for trickery amongst brothers, and watch your back in episode 20, The Water of Life. Once upon a time, there was a king who was so ill that no one believed he could still escape with his life. The king had three sons, and they were very much grieved at their father's sickness. They went down into the palace garden and wept. There they met an old man who asked them the cause of their sorrow. They told him that their father was so ill he would certainly die, for nothing seemed to help him. Then the old man said, There is yet one means I know of. That is the water of life. If he drinks it, he will get well again. The only thing is, it's difficult to find. The eldest son said, I will make sure to find it, went to the sick king and begged him to let him go abroad to seek the water of life, for it alone could cure him. No, said the king, the danger is too great. I'd rather die than expose you to it. However, so long did the young man entreat him that the king at last agreed. The prince thought, if I bring the water, then my father will love me best and I shall inherit his kingdom. So the prince set out, and when he had ridden a certain time, a dwarf was standing in his way, who called to him, saying, Whither away so fast? Stupid dwarf, said the prince, that's none of your business. But the little dwarf became angry and cast a bad spell on the young man. Before long, the prince came to a gorge in the mountains, and as he rode on, it seemed to become narrower and narrower, till at last he could go no step further. It was impossible to turn the horse or even to dismount, so he sat there stuck fast. The sick king waited for him a long time, but he never came. Then the second son said, Father, let me go forth into the world and seek the water of life. And he thought in his heart, If my brother is dead, the kingdom will fall to me. At first the king would not let him go either, but at last he gave in. So the prince set out on the same road his brother had taken, and he too met the dwarf who stopped him and asked him where he was off to in such a hurry. Little busybody, said the prince, it's none of your business, and rode on without looking back again. However, the dwarf bewitched him, and just like his brother, he found himself in a mountain gorge and could go neither forwards nor backwards, but that is how the haughty fare. Even when the second son failed to return, the youngest begged permission to leave the country and fetch the water, and the king had to let him go in the end. When the dwarf met him and asked where he was off to in such a hurry, he stopped and talked to him and answered, saying, I am going in search of the water of life, for my father is very sick. And do you know where it is to be found? No, that I don't, said the prince. Well, as you have been friendly to me and not haughty like your false brothers, I will help you and tell you how to find the water of life. It springs from a well in the courtyard of an enchanted castle, but you shall never get in unless I give you an iron rod and two loaves of bread. With the rod, strike three times on the iron castle gate and it will spring open. Inside, two hungry lions will be lying with their jaws open, but throw each a loaf and they will be quiet. Then make haste and take some of the water of life before it strikes twelve. Otherwise, the gate will shut again and you will be imprisoned. The prince thanked him, took the rod and the bread, and set out on his way again. When he reached his destination, everything was as the dwarf had said. The gate sprang open at the third stroke of the rod, and when he'd fed the lions with bread, he entered the castle and came into a great and beautiful hall. 
There he found a number of an enchanted princes. He took the rings off their fingers and also a sword and a loaf of bread lying there. In the next chamber he found a beautiful maiden. She was very happy to see him, kissed him, and said he had broken the spell she was under, and should have the whole of her kingdom if he would come in a year, their wedding would be celebrated. She also told him where the well with the water of life was to be found, but added he must hurry and draw the water before it struck twelve. Then he went on and finally came to a chamber with a fine, freshly made bed in it. He was tired and decided to take a little rest, so he lay down and fell asleep. When he awoke, the clock was striking a quarter to twelve. He sprang up full of fear, ran to the well, drew some water out of it with a cup that was standing nearby, and hurried to get out in time. Just as he was going through the iron gate, the clock struck twelve, and the gate closed with such a force that it sliced off a piece of his heel. He was happy to have the water of life and set off for home. On his way, he encountered the dwarf again. When the dwarf saw the sword and the loaf, he said, There you have won something of great value. With that sword, you will be able to strike down whole armies, and the bread will never run out. The prince did not want to come home to his father without his brothers and said, Good dwarf, can you tell me where my two brothers are? They set out earlier than I in search of the water of life and didn't come back. They are shut fast between two mountainsides, said the dwarf. I imprisoned them there by my spell, because they were exceedingly haughty. The prince entreated him so long to free his brothers that the dwarf finally let them go, but he warned him against them, saying, Be on your guard, they have bad hearts. The prince was overjoyed to see them, and when they came back, he told them how he fared. Then they rode on together and found themselves in a country pestered with famine and war and the king already believed that he must perish, so dire was the need. The prince went to him, gave him the bread, and he fed the whole kingdom with it. The prince also let him have the sword with which he defeated the armies of his enemies, and hence could live in peace and quiet. Then the prince took his sword and loaf back, and the three brothers rode on. But they were to pass through two more lands where hunger and war raged, and each time the prince gave the kings his bread and sword, and now he had saved three countries. Then they embarked on a ship and sailed across the sea. During the voyage, the two elder brothers spoke together. The youngest has found the water of life, and we have not. For this, father will give him the kingdom, by which rights belong to us, and thus he will deprive us of our fortune. This made them revengeful, and they came to an agreement that they would cheat him. They waited till he was fast asleep, then poured out the water of life from his cup into their own, and filled their brother's cup with salty seawater. When they came home, the youngest brother brought the sick king his cup, and as he drank the water that would make him well again. Scarcely, however, had he drunk a single drop of the salty sea water than he became even more ill than before. And while the prince was lamenting over this, the two elder sons came in and accused the youngest of wanting to poison their father, saying it was they who brought the true water of life and handed it to him. No sooner had he drunk it than he felt his illness disappear and became hale and hearty as in his young days. After this, the two went to the younger brother and said, True, you found the water of life, but we had all the trouble, and now we will have the reward. You should have kept your eyes open, for we took it away from you while you were asleep at sea. And when the year is up, one of us will go and bring the fair princess here. But take care not to betray any of this. Our father does not trust you, and if you say a single word, you shall lose your life. If you keep silent, however, you will be spared. 
But the old king was angry with his youngest son and believed he had sought to take his life. So he summoned the court to assemble and pronounce a sentence on him that he should secretly be killed. One day, when the prince was riding to the hunt, the king's huntsmen had been ordered to go with him. When they were all alone away in the forest, the huntsman looked so sad that the prince said, My good man, what is the matter with you? The huntsman answered, I dare not tell you, but I must. And the prince said, Just speak out, I will forgive you. Alas, said the huntsman, I am to shoot you dead. The king has ordered it so. The frightened prince said, My dear man, spare my life, and I will give you my royal clothes and give me yours in return. The huntsman said, With all of my heart, for I could never have shot you anyway. Then they changed clothes, and the huntsman went home, but the prince went away through the wood. Sometime after, three carriages full of gold and precious stones came to the old king for his youngest son. These had been sent by the kings who had beaten their enemies with the prince's sword and fed their countries with his bread, and they now wanted to show their gratitude. Then the old king thought, Is it possible that my son really was innocent? And he said to his men, If only he were alive, how it grieves me that I had him killed. He is still alive, said the huntsman. I didn't have the heart to execute your command. And he told the king what had taken place. Then the king let it be proclaimed throughout all kingdoms that his son was to be allowed to come home again, where he would be graciously received. Meanwhile, the princess in the enchanted castle had a road built of glittering gold and told her courtiers that whoever came riding on horseback straight over it would be the right man she should let in. But whoever came on one side of the road would not be the right one and was not to be admitted. Soon the time had passed and the eldest son thought he should go to see the princess say that he had been her deliverer and receive her hand in marriage. He wanted her kingdom in the bargain. So he rode forth, and when he came to the castle and saw the beautiful golden road, he thought, it would be a terrible pity to ride on it, and he turned aside and rode to the right of it. However, when he came riding to the gate, the servants told him he was not the true bridegroom and should turn back. Soon after, the second prince set out, and when he came to the golden road, the moment his horse set foot on it, he thought it would be a shame to ride on it, lest it might get damaged. So he turned away and rode to the left of it. But as he came to the gate, the guard said he was not the true bridegroom either, and he should turn back. Now a full year had passed, and the third prince wanted to come out of the forest and go to his beloved, to forget his sorrows and her dear company. So he set out, thinking of her all the time, and longing to be with her, and he did not even notice the golden road at all. So his horse rode over it right in the middle, and when he came to the gate it was open to him, and the princess welcomed him with great joy. The marriage was celebrated, and when it was over, she told him that his father had summoned him to his presence and had forgiven him. So he went on horseback to him and told him how his brothers had deceived him. The old king wanted to punish them, but they had gone to sea, and they never came back to the end of their days.'"